And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Cheryl, who had a near-death experience and completely crossed over due to a motorcycle accident, and today we're going to learn about it. Cheryl, thank you for joining me on the podcast, and welcome. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Um, I really don't know where to begin. Uh, Well, just begin on the day that it happened and go from there. Well, the funny thing is it's uh, 25 years ago to the date. And uh, at the time, I was in my early 20s, and we were all sharing a house with a bunch of group of friends splitting all the bills. And that was how I lived. And I was in between jobs. Uh, I was starting a new job, but when I gave my notice, the old job just paid me out my two weeks. So everything like that. And I was still broke. (laughs) You know, you still had to come up with rent. You know, you're at that starving young age. And I don't remember anything from that day. And even previously, um, when I kind of try to piece things together, it feels like time has kind of been mixed up um, a little bit. So like as, you know, anything that happened before that, you know, it's time, it's hard for me to have a timeline. And, hmm, <laughs> anyhow, um, so I was told, this is what I was told. Uh, I got on the back of a bike. Uh, my blood alcohol was 0.04. I had an, a drink earlier in the evening, and this was in the early morning hours. And we had a high-speed collision on the same block that my house was on. Um, it was over 100 kilometers, and that's like over 60 miles. I hit the side of the house, and then the motorcycle landed on me, and the handlebars impaled me through the chest. Uh, thankfully, I was wearing the helmet, and the driver, he was knocked out for a bit and kind of like lying around, and he ended up breaking his cheek and his like his left arm. Um, so... The accident happened and there was a teenage girl across the street. So she heard the crash, looked out, came out into the street, saw what was going on, and then went back into the house and called 911. So that could be anywhere from 45 seconds to two minutes. And as she was going back into the house, she saw me pinned under the motorcycle and seriously thought she saw her first dead body. Like there was, and so anyway, she's trying to wake up her dad to help as well, calls 911. The response time was under 10 minutes for them to arrive on scene. And in this time, another group of like three or four men were walking. And by the time the ambulance came up, they, along with the driver, were hauling the bike out of me. So the ambulance scooped me up, rushed me off to the hospital. And so roughly about 20 minutes. And then they were doing um, their, um, like the resuscitation. And then this was a learning hospital. And one thing I was told is that normally they do their due diligence, 10 minutes work on you, you know, and then call it but they went on a little bit longer because they had um, resident doctors. And so, so all that's going on. um, The first thing that happened is, you know, when people say that my life flashed before my eyes, it's like that, but way more intense. I mean, you're actually feeling those connections you made and those experiences. And you're kind of circling through everything like that. It feels like a big kind of download of your life. And you really got to face things like true. Like, for instance, I, I messed around on a on a partner. And, you know, I saw it for what it was, not what my mind made myself believe. And 
like at one point, like I could taste lemon meringue pie because that's my favorite. And, um, and the other thing that was really odd is um, I was a kid and I was playing and I was running into the house because my friend was chasing me and I slammed the door and I took off part of his finger. And so his whole life, he can't remember what happened to him. I can't remember what happened to me. And it was years later, I ended up asking a relative about it. And they were like, holy crap, you remember that? You weren't even four years old when that happened. And um, so I I termed this the reckoning. Um, and it's something that probably changed me the most. I really got to see myself. And I was bossy and a bit of a brat. Well, probably still a bit of a brat, but, you know, like just... Um, you really truly seen yourself. And so that was more, you know, it's coming. And then from there, you have this really, anytime you kind of skip over, I don't know if the younger kids are going to understand this, but it's like, remember when we had those huge, tall swing sets and it was like, who could go the highest and jump off? Mm-hmm. So you had to have your timing, you had to have everything. And it was that gut feeling. And can you do so? So I don't want to say like I dropped into wherever I was going, um, but it kind of felt like I just appeared and it was kind of a bit of a, maybe I screwed up the landing or something. Cause I kind of felt like I kind of did a ripple effect and then the most profound thing happened where um my mind totally totally expanded and I think I was kind of stuck floundering there for a while um because I feel like the best way I can put it is if my whole body was my brain right now in this physical form like I can use this much and then I just got injected with everything and just got hit with like this figuratively wall of knowledge and empathy and emotion. So, okay. (laughs) So this is a lot. Um, So I'm here and there is gazillions of us and we're all different but we're all this orb types of various different sizes every color imaginable and all different abilities like there's really basic ones that you know kind of remind me of like dogs because they're like they just kind of you know hey do you want to say hi And you're like, yeah, I'll say hi. And then they're like, bye. And then there's really, really advanced ones. And like I said, all shapes, colors, everything. And we're all suspended in this illuminated, multi-rainbow color sort of matter. And it's all these corridors. It's almost coral-like. And it flexes and bends. And it's it's great. I think there's a way that we purposely make it and it's our house. It's our, um, it's our media storage. It connects us. It, it, it's our energy. It's, it's, um, and the one thing I knew that right off the bat is like, we could freely leave that anytime. And there's no like worthy like oh you can't come in or like we can all go in and out so I don't know like you can be in this or you can't you know like you're free like it and then also as much as there's a huge harmony in this massive connection and it's not telepathic it's way way more than that it's like telepathic times it's like an empathic almost and it's it's really profound. So me, <laughs> hang on. I'm just trying to think of the best way I can explain it. So I'm an orb. I can't really like, I'm just all of a sudden super smart, which is a lot to handle. And 
there's no touch. There's no body. There's really like hearing is interesting because it kind of like ebbs and flows through this, this rainbow matter. Um, I guess the interesting thing is I streamed something about these scientists and they were um, researching ectoplasma and the way how they were explaining that I was kind of like, Oh, that kind of sounds like this, this stuff. Right. Um, sorry if I got out track, there's a smell in here that's, I've only experienced it a couple of times since, since I've returned here. And, uh, it's like that spring summer shower with the electricity in the air and it's so fresh and you got that like static and it's got that smell. And I just could feel like we could go anywhere, do anything. And I knew like this planet, there's, there's others like this, like we are, we are infinite on this. Um, so right away, I did not recognize my inner voice. It was kind of shocking. Cause I was like, it sounded godlike, you know, um, but it was me. And I looked around and I could see like, I was kidding, getting nods, like just look, oh, you're here. Like, you know, everybody knew me. I knew everybody, you know, take it as it was, but we all have that connection. From the beginning, you got on this motorcycle and went with a ride. Is that your last memory until you all of a sudden wake up in this other realm that you're in? Do you think you forgot everything that happened or you were just kind of inebriated and then you woke up after the accident in this other realm? I think it's just such a, you know, almost getting electrocuted type thing. And and, and our bodies are quite powerful. So to protect us from all of that, um, I'm sure that and and I kind of feel like the way how we die is kind of like the furthest or who we are or what we've done or what wealth we have or whatever. I, I think that's all worked out in the reckoning, you know, and, and kind of cleared off. And, and then all of a sudden, here you are, you're this magnificent life being who gets to do these experiences and, and evolve and contribute and into the collective i i i strongly feel like our experiences and what we go through hence our like favorite recipes ever the lovers we have um the trips we take these sorts of things all go in there and as well with, with the awful stuff on this planet too because when i was looking through here Every so often through the gazillions, you would see an orb that was like empty. And when you went to go look at it, it was almost like the light was being we restitched or woven. And these empty orbs were always attached to another one or two or three or more. And so I just kind of feel like it's, you know, maybe taking back all the negative or suspending. I don't know, but I noticed that. And so you, oh, your senses are really hard to explain. So you see omnidirectional. Mm -hmm. And like I said, like the sound is different because it more moves and shifts and your inner voice. So you have that empathy. I guess what I was trying to get from you is, you seem to have no memory of like right before the accident. And is that because you were, you know, inebriated or just the whole impact of everything? You just can't remember what happened leading up to you leaving your body. Um, I wasn't inebriated. Hmm. I only had one drink that night. Um, and uh, it's kind of crazy because it, I think that's a post-traumatic issue mm -hmm. because like COVID has really brought out a lot of pressure on people and mental illness and, and everybody's kind of been working things out. And the most profound thing is last year, 
um, I actually recalled uh, that 30 seconds before the crash. And so it just kind of solidified. Like now I know why I don't like flannel because he was wearing a flannel shirt and I was hugging it for my life. Um, You know, and he was just messing around and accidentally dropped it in the wrong gear. Mm. And, you know, to be so careless with someone's life. Yeah. Right. And then, so, yeah. So that's what I know what happened. And then, so I'm suspended here in this rainbow noodle. It's almost like coral because there's different corridors and it's infinite very nice everything's warm the tones are very like um harmony like hymns almost and everybody kind of like bends and like waves along with it it's it's really fun and we are astonishing like I can't even begin to say like on our accomplishments and what we've done you know to to do all this so me being me pretty much the first thing I was like is like, okay, where's God? And so all of a sudden, my mind showed me the universe and how infinitely, you know, we have not even scratched the surface on where, what it is. And what I was able to take back is as infinitely as large it is, it goes back into like the neuron and the smaller than that, as well. And that's, that's one thing that I learned and that's part of the universe as well. And so it's hard to imagine because like when these accidents happen, you know, let's just say, you know, there's a terrible accident. We're going to beat ourselves up for the rest of our lives going only if we left the house on time. And we're so logical that we can place everything together. So God is something that you remember I said there's very basic to moving up. Mm-hmm. So God is something that's needed on like more of the basic ones of us. And they need that to cope. Cause why on earth would we do this to each other? Like why on earth would there be wars and genocides and, and these awful things that we have to go through and these experiences that we go through are like, pain and grief and just you know but also love and and art and happiness as well and and so all of those I believe it's a power like I want to say it's empathy but it's way much more stronger than that and and we're putting into this because this is how to understand the universe and all that goes into it and being these different forms and going through it. So some, you know, who are not as advanced, they need to kind of, they can understand why. I guess I really find beauty in how insignificant I am. I really kind of like, wow, little old me is so insignificant, but yet here I am. So that's kind of my gift and what I take in. But, you know, some people have to go, I can't understand why this is. So they need, it's in God's hands. And maybe it's more of an evolution. While you were over there, it was telepathic communication, but it was even, it seemed more than that combined with empathy. So not only did you telepathically communicate you also it seems empathically got their communication as well yeah um and also with that like it's all knowing like if somebody wanted to know you know if elvis was over there and you wanted to know what it was like to be the king you could just go and and find out i feel like but it it still doesn't matter on that on who it is it's it's that it's that power and that all-knowing it's almost like um, uh, it's an interesting thing. It's a key to something. Mm, but but like I said, like the problem that that you have is when you come back into this form, you're limited. You know, 
you know, you're limited with this sort of language. You're limited with trying to communicate and explain something. And, and I don't want to dismiss anybody's trauma or experiences or what they go through, but you're kind of limited to our own capabilities as well. So however you perceive things is how, you know, is what's going to make sense to you. Do you feel like as you're floating by another orb, you could connect with that orb and re-experience his life and see what he or she went through? (laughs) Yeah. um, And all their lives. And see where we intertwined or if we ever did. Um, because, you know, there's multiple planets, there's everything like this. And, and I mean, like, I know gazillion isn't a real world word, but it was infinite on the amount of us and all sort of like life forces. You mentioned that there's no touch over there. Do you feel like that's one of the reasons we come here is we can experience things like touch and the other senses? Yeah, for me. Yeah. I just, you always find me like stopping and smelling the flowers and and um and I do like I like the touch of good things and and you know and also to to gain these experiences and emotions and go through these hardships or joys also you mentioned that it smelled like fresh rain and I think that's kind of like what they would say an an ozone yeah yeah that's staticky in there as well it was very whenever I smell that I I have to stop and sit on a bench and just kind of soak it in because it, it, um, so one of the things about completely crossing over, it's like winning the lottery times winning the lottery. You know, you're like, this is amazing. Oh my goodness. Like there's no more pain. There's no more anything. Everybody understands me. Um, you know, everything's doesn't, I hate to say it doesn't matter, but it really does. And uh, I I strongly felt like I was more of an advanced. um, I am more of an advanced um, being that I've had so many lives in so many different places. I feel like I'm kind of like honored and respected um, for, you know, and and also too, I, I think... I think we don't really have a choice on where we land. I think you just kind of put your flag up and say, okay, I'm ready. And then what comes available? You end up. Mm. I don't think there's like a really divine plan or anything like that. So that kind of makes that animosity about it. And so to, you know, to live your best life and try to be a better part of the world and not, and, you know, that's that's kind of where I think maybe people get ahead of themselves in these in these things, but that's where it is, and it's just that pure form. So it's just a really nice, amazing harmony when you're in this collective. Um, it was really interesting because I was like, "Oh, great! This is you know my new life," and as soon as that happened, I had that swing set feeling again and I'm on the hospital bed um I can't breathe because my lungs are collapsed so I have to like take sips of air and swallow it kind of thing um I can't open my eyes I'm completely strapped down you know how they in the neck brace and stuff and and uh, I can hear everybody around me and uh while I was on this in the emergency room, I went back and forth completely a, a few times in there. But <laughs> I just wanted to say for all those people, like as much as I was torn up, I had over 40 breaks, severed tendons, my limbs almost came off. Um, everything that wasn't broken was torn or sprained or ripped. I like lost all my blood, you know, you name it. Um, I just wanted to reassure people, like, there was no pain. There was no panicking. There was no, uh, like, y- y- our bodies are so remarkable. Like, 
I was able to keep calm and, and focus and just like, there was no pain. There was no suffering. I, I, I was even shielded my own mind, even shielded me and would not let me know what happened. So eventually I had my eyes split open and there was a nurse right to the side of me. And I kept trying to say hi and I could hear what was going on. And so finally I looked at her and she was looking at me and she could see my eyeballs were turned at her. And I was like, hi. And she was like, Oh, and then she said, the patient is conscious. And the next thing I heard from over there was that's impossible. (laughs) So anyhow, she said, not, you know, don't talk, don't talk. It's okay. And I could feel them cut into the side of my chest where they put the chest tube in. And then, and then I could, my lungs, my, my one side of the lungs filled and I could talk, but it was just like, you know, a syllable at a time. So I, I asked, um, about everybody. Like I asked about my boyfriend it was like, is my boyfriend? Okay. Like, I didn't know what happened. Um, I asked about my parents, my family, everybody, my dog, I listed off everybody. And then I finally asked about myself (laughs) and, uh, the doctor, she stopped everything and she goes, well, we're doing our absolute best here, but you're going to have to try real hard too. So from there, I had, um, like a 10 hour surgery. I have metal plates, everything like that. And, and, um, pins and it took me about three years of rehabilitation uh, to be able to walk and stuff and I healed up really nicely like people don't know you know unless I'm at the pool and people see some scars (laughs) you know they're like whoa what happened there is like yeah and handlebar went through my rib cage (laughs) right so um, I'm really really lucky that way Uh, I guess the unfortunate thing is uh, the guy didn't have any insurance. So, you know, as you're rehabilitating and stuff like that, and you're coming back, it was like from having this, I won the lottery times I won the lottery to being like, oh man, my life is even way worse than how I left it. So it's not, it's not an anger and it's not a depression. Nobody on the planet knows what you're going through is to try to find people who've completely crossed over you know you're told not to talk about it you know to anybody you know this is the mid 90s <laughs> you know and so it's not really an anger or whatever it's just such a it's just such a state and you got to process that and go oh, you know and you know it's not forever but you you do have your battle when you come out of it and it's just from like euphoria to like oh no so but before I recovered fully I ended up on an intubator and um in a in a coma and I had to be resuscitated numerous times in the ICU as well like there was a permanent crash cart beside me um it was kind of sad being a 21 year old girl I remember like after I came out of the hospital, I still had the red marks on my chest, (laughs) Um, you know, and like, you got the stress. So like your hair is falling out and and you're bruised and bad, like you just, you know, but um, so this, this was near death experiences, but this was very, very different because I didn't completely, like I didn't end up plugged into the collective I didn't, I didn't have that full download. So what ended up happening to me was in my mind, I came home, went to bed, life continued on as normal. And very real for me, I was hanging out that three weeks in between jobs on the couch, basically watching TV with my dog and hanging out with my roommates. The interesting thing that was going on is that this was very internal. So I would have these dreams and I've always been someone who's like, can remember and talk about her dreams and, you know, these types of things. But I remember being very excited and wanting to sleep because I would have 
these dreams where I could like fly and go anywhere. And if I wanted to talk to so-and-so, I could talk to so-and-so. And if I wanted to do, you know, if I wanted to have grandma's lemon pie, I could have that. Like I, I was really, really excited. You know, I, I just remember like, you know, talking to other people and going, yes, I'm excited in my afternoon nap, <laughs> you know, meanwhile, at these stages where these lights and I'm flying around and stuff are actually where I'm crashing. But it's, it's still like out of your body. And it's still knowing this. And then so it'd be this and then every once in a while, or every night or so I would have these I would remember clearly and I would comment about it and be called weird by my friends because they were all so great um, that <laughs> I'm on a bed. I can't breathe. I only can hear. I can't see. Sometimes the lights are on. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes there's people there. Um, it's really weird. And <laughs> we, <laughs> I would make a comment about... Um, I'm a big Metallica fan. So, you know, like I was just like, yeah, it's just like that, you know, and of course, you know, everyone's bugging me and this would happen every night. And then as well as these naps and stuff where I could go anywhere and these magnificent brightly colored dreams where I'm doing whatever, you know, superpowers. Um, So it was, so it was still internal. Like, I think, what I was experiencing with is, is something that is, is me and in there and something that I was coping as, you know, maybe am I coming back? Am I going, what's going on? Um, so who, I guess like just weird things happened about this. I don't know if it's an astral traveling, but I strongly suspect it did because everyone was saying like, my dog would either be in the bed or the couch. Like I would, you know, in his usual spot, like I was there. And, and um, also to my roommates, like they even admitted, like they threw on that song on the stereo just because, you know, they, they were strongly felt compelled to. Um, yeah. So I was really bothered about, these when I was you know on the bed and not being able to move and one of my roommates I asked him about it and he says you should try to communicate and see what you know to say and I was like oh right and you know I just thought he was teasing but sure enough I was now this is weeks later after the crash and it's basically they're telling they're telling the family it, it's time and and at the time and and still now we we don't know much about our brains so you know they would scratch the bottom of your foot and if your toes curled you didn't have brain damage you, you know and so they were saying oh she probably has brain damage and you know quality of life and they were talking about doing um ending life and, um, you know, donating organs and stuff. Um, so I wake up and I made a, uh, motion for a, my, my relatives are there and I, I made a motion for a pen. I don't know. And I could only, the only thing I didn't break was my left arm, <laughs> really. So I made a motion for a pen. And um, so, and you're on all sorts of drugs and you haven't moved and everything's turned away. So very wobbly in capital letters over top of each other. I wrote a D and everyone was saying, okay, D. And then I started and they got it. They said, R. And then I wrote E, A, and M. And I just kind of like dropped the mic because there was just no more energy I had. 
And um, sure enough, it was, oh, no, honey, this is not a dream. And so hooked up to this, I strongly feel like I had a mental breakdown because it was here present on this planet. I felt like everything went down the toilet type figuratively. I, and at that moment, uh, my heart stopped completely. And it, and it took them a very long time to bring me back. Um, so this was a very different near death experience here so I just went from like an internal thing and now I am in a bright white room and there's two oak doors and it's just me nothing else and that smell of the static rain And I was there for a long time and there was no, I couldn't go backwards. There was not, there was two doors. I, I could tell you, like, I, I would run my fingers along the grain of the wood. I don't, I I don't even know really what door I chose, but um, I was there for a long time and there was just, that was it. That was your internal choice of it. And, um, So, yeah, it was, uh, I ended up here and back and it's been hard and life has been what it is. And I've been working a lot with post-traumatic. I've been working a lot with what I can and that is what I went through. So this second NDE where you were in the golden light, did this happen during your coma Do you feel that maybe you were in this room with light and you were being healed? Um, So you're talking with the two doors? Mm -hmm. No, I was alone. I think it was like, I think it's the true time that you're alone. I think I was in my own subconscious deep down. Um. Yeah. I don't think this had anything to do with anybody else other than, you know, my decision on it. I just remember spending a lot of time there and really, really complicating it, but I couldn't like, there was no seeing ahead. There was no anything like that. It was these two doors. What are you going to do? It was kind of scary, actually. It was blinding white light, ethereal, but it was it was it was kind of scary with how alone. The reason I ask is I've had perhaps one or two guests at some time during their NDE end up in a light, like a golden light, and they felt like that light was healing them. I mean, I felt like everything was gonna be okay, no matter what the choice I made. Um, I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe it did have a touch of that, you know, the ectoplasma stuff that we're in and I could see it very much being healing and sorting us out and and settling, you know, in that collective area. And maybe it had that. Um, I just, I guess the thing is, is when I come out of this, like I have no fear of dying anymore. Um, I just know it, you know, probably my next, you know, chance at it is my next out. Um, I feel really connected to people. Um, I often have people that I don't even know stop and tell me things about what's going on, like their new cancer diagnosis and things like that. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit empathic. Uh, I get, I kind of get really upset when I know someone's lying, Uh, especially about 
um, a near-death experience. Like I, what, what I brought back from it was, um, you know, like when you're in that internal and you haven't completely uploaded into the, when it's like that, you know, if you, if you pray to every day, you know, any, when you're in that dream thing and I'm flying around like a superhero, getting to do whatever I wanted, you're going to do and see whatever you wanted. So if you pray every day and God and everybody like that is your, is your comfort, it's going to be there for you, you know, and there's no right or wrong about it. It just gets wrong when you, um, completely dismiss anybody else and what they need to do to make through these experiences. Do you feel that you can listen to somebody's NDE or read it and be able to tell if they're truthful or not? I think for me, I, I like when people come out of it and they're just like better than ever and stuff like that. Cause that, that reckoning is really profound. And I don't think there's any way of getting out of that when that light, I, I think it's fundamental on what we need to do with our last breath to, you know, take with us. Um, and then I sort of, I guess what it is, what leaves me confused is if people don't come out of it conflicted and a little bit angry, like I have like, like even now, like I feel like crying cause I'm so homesick, you know, like I, you know, and I knew this was going to happen, Jeff. Thank you. Um, like I'm so homesick, you know, that, that feeling of being like loved and accepted that we're all searching for. And it's hard because like, I'm conflicted because I'm going, you know, we, we don't have to live like this. We don't have to live with war and conflict, but we do it just so we can be better life forms. You know, why, why put, us through this you know constantly and then yeah it's like it's hard and 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 it always it's 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 hard I guess this is our work this is our jobs real jobs (laughs) do you feel that you came back under your own choice or you were forced to come back I had to make a choice I had to make a choice. Like, that's what I got to say there. Um, I think I've been really learning about that choice as well. And it's been interesting because, for instance, anybody who is at my bedside, they're not in my life anymore for various reasons. Um, It's just been like, yeah, I just feel like I don't, it's hard to say because I'm figuring it out. And I've been put through some really, really serious stuff. And I kind of got to figure it out and go, oh, I could see how people need to feel like this is in God's hands and not personally, like to be utterly crushed and grieving and on the floor. Like what, you know, to lose somebody. you know, to figure it out, but ultimately it's us. And yeah. I was So th- I died peace in that. I was thinking that, you know, we already come here to learn and experience stuff, but perhaps an NDE experiencer or NDE is taking that to the next level. So not only do we come here to experience stuff, but we also add that we go back and come back and know the truth, make it even more challenging yeah, I would not be surprised as we evolve we would be able to flip back and forth and bridge between a physical and and this other you know energy life or you know I I think you know there's just this power where where we are so remarkable and amazing you know that I think there's a very clear you know evolving and we're learning and yeah. 
Do you feel like that while you were over there in the orb form, did you happen to encounter anybody that was already quote unquote dead from this planet? Oh yeah. Um, and others, we all go through it. I mean, like, did you see like your dead grandmother or grandfather or somebody that you knew from here over there? Um, (laughs) okay. I feel like I have crossed over so many times that, you know, it would be very hard for me not to be having a connection somehow with somebody else. I felt like I was really, really well known, like really that sort of thing. So, and I kind of felt just a general connection with every life form like even the very basic ones. And, you know, I'm such an animal lover myself. I I very felt it like that in just that honest respect. So to recognize, well, yeah, I recognize the majority of everybody. Um, It was, it was just really profound that way. Um, I even recognize my own inner voice. You know, I, I, I felt, I feel like, I'm really kind of gifted to to have these experiences and go and do with it. And, and, and yeah, I think even doing this interview, you know, my goal is to say like, Hey, you know, here is pain. Here is suffering. We, we go through this. Yeah, this is, this is it. This is, this is all the bad stuff, but, but it's all like to feel and to touch and to have that physical as well and the experience. So, you know, to get, and probably to work around to get this, like, you know, telepathic, empathic, unique ability. Do you think that after this life, you're going to come back to earth or you're going somewhere else? I don't know. I honestly, I'm probably a little weirdo and would fly my flag and go, okay, I'm ready. You know, I, I really feel like we don't have a choice on it. And I think that has to do with the religious aspect of it where, cause we can't, you know, we have these logical brains that we can connect everything infinite. So, you know, to think that we're that, you know, there's not a divine plan, but that would be crazy. Like, to make sure well, there's gazillions of us and we're here to experience like it's not it's not karma it's not a karma thing it's it's a grace thing it's how we live through this it's how we are um you know you can choose to be a better person you know do you yell at that person who's asking you for some pocket change do you give them pocket change or you know, acknowledge them, you know, and Hey, how are you today? Um, it's just how you're going to live your life and connect or not. Do you think we can evolve past this place? Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think as well, we also have the power to build worlds, to do what, you know, we, not destroy them like we're doing. I think this is questions. I think this is something that, that we're faced to kind of deal with and, and to look at, you know, what we're doing as a species. And cause you're going to have to face it. You're going to, you're going to have to take a hard look at it and look at the damages that you've done and, and the joy that you created. And because maybe in, in these experiences in the life, that's where the universe really exists. I think some of my guests will say that we're all one, but then we're still somehow all separate. And I think you've kind of explained that pretty well in a different way that, you know, we're the, all these orbs and we still kind of retain some kind of separateness, but then we're still connected and you can experience anybody else's lives. Right. So I guess that's why I don't really kind of come down on people for things that they've done or in the, in the past, you know, like it's, it's our experiences is what it is. You know, if I was in their shoes, I would do something. I would probably be the same. 
you know, I guess it just kind of, I, I kind of feel ripped off because I'm more of a forgiving pe- person. And my experience is, is people aren't very forgiveness, you know, but um, yay, you know, <laughs> like, I, I'm happy with myself. And I, and I think I, I genuinely found something um, like I, like I said, I love to smell the flowers. I, I, I really like to, you know, watch a sunset um, and experience these things. I also like play a little music and, and I dance and, and just enjoy other people's company and, and, and live my life. Right. I mean, there's really no point on being upset that this guy had no insurance. There's really, you know, it would have been nice. (laughs) Um, it, but I mean, there's no, I don't know. I, I take a gift in it. And even if I chose the other door, you know, I could take a gift in another life. Like it's not, you know, so it, if things happen and people die young and, and the, you know, there's all sorts of things. Like, I don't think, I don't think it's anything to be punished over. You know, I just think as, as beings, we say, okay, we're ready again. As I experience to go through, I don't want to speculate either because there's things that have happened in my life. For instance, um, my son's father passed away, you know, in my arms. And, you know, there's things that happened in my life and I felt it was weird. Um, I don't want to say weird. Uh, the, the nurses in the palliative care, you know, they they came after and they said, well, you know, it's really rare. Usually they pass as soon as you leave the room or you're in the washroom or something. And like he was in your arms and felt so comfortable enough to to pass. And they asked me how it was. And I feel so embarrassed, but I smiled crying going, it was wonderful. Because I could feel him connecting into, you know, that collective. And I was like, it's wonderful. He's good. You know, um, but still having to face those things going like, oh, you know, I never asked to be a single mom, <laughs> you know, da, 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 and like all these hardships. And for some reason, like, I guess in my experiences, like when things happen, you, you kind of attract people who are not good and they take advantage of you and things like that. So it's like more of a struggle than things have to be. So that's kind of frustrating. And I just try not to put that onto other people. You don't fear death at all anymore, do you? Huh, no, I don't. Um, I think, you know, being a parent of a teenager, you know, uh, I should hang out, <laughs> like, uh, you know, for him. I, yeah, but yeah, there just really wasn't any pain. There just wasn't any, there's no judgment, no, nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be guilted. There was you know, we all are doing what we can do with what we got. What advice would you give people who are grieving over lost loved ones? Oh, it's, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. This is, it's a wound. Right. So you lose somebody, you are going to have to process and going through it. And it's going to take the time that it takes. And regardless if you're fine with it right away or it takes you 10 years. Um, I think, I think there are signs and for instance, your dreams, um, I think is where they connect. There was one time that I got to um, talk to my late husband. And it was, it was a very brief cell phone call in, in my dream. And that healed me. I, I think 
if you don't see signs and you don't feel their presence, that's okay as well. You know, because they're learning, they're being hit by a wall of knowledge, you know, they're going in there, you know, and, and, and really as much as it's about everything in the collective, it's really about your individual self as well. But there's no pain and there's no, and they, yeah, they could be right back here. I, I would not be shocked if there's groups who keep circulating through the same lives, you know, and, and, and communities like that, you know, there and here. So, cause it's kind of like one thing I've said to somebody is like, how would you want someone to grieve for you? You know, do you want them to gain 40 pounds and lie in bed all day and lose their job or drink or, you know, no. So when you're looking at it, you've got to go, how am I going to honor myself? How am I going to honor this other? And there's nothing wrong with being upset and and processing it and going through what we're going through. It's part of what we do. And I don't know, when I look back at it, I kind of just like, I almost want to hug myself because it's that connection that I have with that being that I look at and I go, okay, wow, that was worth it. And that, and then I guess too, is like, it's hard because it, it's not how we die. I, I don't think that really matters. I don't think people are like, yeah it's not it's not like if we're on the other side we entered oh hi you know I'm Cheryl I was just here because of a motorcycle accident (laughs) you know like I I, it's like I think it's like oh wow you're here you know like this is what's you know gone on since you were gone right or like um it's nice to see you again if you look back at being over there can you understand the ability of how a being could connect with somebody in a dream here? Um, I don't fully understand because then again, uh, you know, being back into this form and and I got limited. Um, I feel like it has to do with the the stuff that we're suspended in. And then I also feel like, you know, since we're, allowed to leave the collective in the rainbow light corridor stuff I think you know you could travel to the you know so like freely back and forth there's really no limitations and and we are here in this physical form for our limitations do you think that we travel at least somewhere close to those realms in our dreams Um, and that's how perhaps that being on the other side can meet you somewhere in the middle. I think for myself for, okay. So this is just speculating because of my life experiences. I think, you know, since I was in this stuff, because it's our energy, it's, it's our communication. I think it has a lot for us to do on how to be able to connect with each other. So bringing that back I sort of have a weird like I could be like oh like for instance I never have the ringer on my phone like I know when someone's calling me Uh, and I've been weird that way like going oh grandma you know and then the phone rings and it's grandma um also too like just just uh uh just weird things like I made my boyfriend he took me out and I made my boyfriend like we got all the way down the elevator and I was like, no, no, we have to go up because I wanted to change my shoes. Um, and he's like, he thought I was being really, really silly because I was like, no, I don't want to slip and fall. Like I'm going to slip and fall in front of everybody. And he was just like, you're not going to slip and fall. And and I'm like, somebody's going to slip and fall tonight, you know? And so I changed my shoes a little bit, you know, and sure enough, we get there and we show up and we, and the first person we say hi to at this event 
slips and falls, <laughs> you know, right in front of us. And I was like, and, you know, just, so I think having that connective and knowing, I think that has to do with, you know, being connected to that light. And so, yeah, I think very much so. And that's where we're evolving to. Um, because, you know, just think if we were able to connect and go freely back and forth, I mean, this is ultimate evolution. You know, we're going to laugh at, at, you know, YouTube saying this is how we used to connect, um, you know, the, the endless stuff that we'll be able to travel and do. And <laughs> sorry, my puppy, um, the endless stuff that we're supposed to travel and do and, and fix things and create things and make, you know, better. Or I, I feel like we're going to evolve better. I don't think we're going to be, I, I think commercialism, I think, you know, the greed and everything like that. I, I, it just doesn't matter. You can't take it with you. Do you have any other abilities that you noticed after your NDE that you didn't have before? Um, I can sleep really well. And, um, I feel like, I feel like I know when people are lying and not being truthful. Uh, and I just kind of like, you know, uh, I don't know if it's experience of like not following your gut feeling, but when that gut feeling happens, I'm, you know, hitting the deck, like, you know, oh, the weather doesn't look good. Like I'll go in some, you know, those sorts of things like these bad storms or, yeah, um, just that little bit of intuition and that empathy. Like if I'm, I don't think I could work in like a prison system or something. I think it would just impact me far too much. Um, I feel like, I feel like I really um, feel other people's emotions and what they're going through. And, uh, and sometimes, uh, like if, if I'm around someone all day and they have a really sore back, like my back will hurt. So, and, um, I really feel connected, uh, with animals and beings like, you know, yeah, I, like that's sort of like the basic beings, like, <laughs> you know, I do. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, haven't really seen the future or anything, but just that intuition is just heightened. Um, I did, I was tested uh, for psychic abilities and I did pretty good when they have the cards, the set, like the star and the moon and the square and the triangle and that, and, and I did very well on that, but I just, I'm tired all the time. Like I got to work to survive to doing this. So I can't really like, I'm not in a situation where I can um, test these or move forward or gain abilities or see what's out there. So, All right. So you have a book out that includes a fictional version of your NDE. Would you like to tell us the title and how we might want to find it? Sure. Um, You can locate it on Amazon. And uh, here it is right here. It's part of my art. Also... The paintings on the back. So it's written in anonymous. It's of a taboo nature, but it's an amazing, amazing story that's inclusive and shares these experiences. So if you wanted a little bit of a different perspective on this near-death experience that I went through, it's in there. And I'm super proud of how I wrote it and how it came out. It's one of those achievements. I don't know, like writing the book was one of those rare times that I truly got to thank myself and had that like aha moment. So I'm proud of it. All right, Cheryl. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Yeah. um, Things don't stay bad. And we have a choice. We have a choice. And it's hard. 
So whether you're struggling in any sort of way, we have a choice. And every time you wake up, you have that choice. And that's our power, your power. And it's going to be hard work. So what you do, you choose your heart and the best one that's for you. And you take those little wins every day and those are yours. And, and I love the ones that nobody even notices because I, I count those as double points. So yeah, that's how it is. Things don't stay bad and we're all struggling and we're all going through things. So, you know, the mindfulness of it is what I got to leave everything. I know it kind of sounds a little sad, but it's beautiful in a way as well. Cheryl, thank you for that message. And thank you again for joining me today. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.